Welcome to What CEOs Want to Know, short conversations that can make a lasting difference to your business. My name is Linda Ruland, founder of SuccessAuthorities.com and the producer of this podcast series. In this episode, I am speaking with Success Authority Ed Bogle. Ed is a leading authority on strategy. Our topic today focuses on turning a strategic plan into a process for innovative renewal. Ed, what is strategic renewal? Strategic renewal is the process that becomes adaptive internal to the organization so that periodically you are reviewing your base strategies and how effectively they're permeating the organization. Typically, that involves discussing what we call the rear view mirror in the windshield. Most clients do it quarterly unless you get some sort of disruptive event, major client leave, or you've gotten some changes in the industry, a law, a downturn in the economy, whatever those external variables are. At that point, you can declare kind of a strategic meeting whenever you need it. But it centers around the rear view mirror, which is what happened to us and why. And then the windshield, which is what's out in the future. And we spend about a proportionate amount of time to the size of the rear view mirror versus the size of the windshield. History does not typically repeat itself in businesses. And that's been compounded by the rapid fire changes we can experience in industries. Uh, A lot of that's external, not internal. So we look at the rear view mirror, what happened to us and why. We'll spend 15 to 20% of our time on that. And then we go deeper into what's out in front of us, what's going on. And we bring in input from all corners of the organizations, customers themselves, and alliance partners uh, in that review process. It's designed to keep us ahead of the game. What it entails, uh, typically we there's there's several parts to it. There's an input from the resources around the organization. And like I said, alliance partners, uh, you know, suppliers, even uh, joint venture partners, whatever you've got, those all, we get input from them about what are you seeing in your future? What's changing on you? How have we performed in the last quarter? Um, Oftentimes we do a little quick customer surveys. So we want to really understand our customers because Our business is all wrapped around how we create value for customers. That drives our profits, our growth, uh, revenue models, everything else. And that value creation is the cornerstone of all strategy, but also in the renewal process. For example, a lot of what occurs to companies is you're rocking right along. And as long as the balance sheet and the P&L statement looks pretty good, customers are buying and uh, things are going well. We don't have a tendency to ask the questions about what's the future. And when we talk about it as an organization, we talk about uh, permanent whitewater and that things are always constantly changing. And sometimes those changes are so subtle and minor, we don't pick them up. So if you can build out a model where you are asking those customers and you're meeting periodically with employees and whatnot, getting that input. We had a customer who was in the automotive sector called remanufacturing. What they did was is they remanufactured car parts, engines, drivetrains, transmissions, and sold them into the market. 
as and it was a Ford company type of process. And the company, they were independent of Ford, but they were a Ford authorized remanufacturer. The Ford authorized remanufacturing program was going to go away <laughs> and they were going to replace that with the best of the best at engines, the best of the best at drivetrains, transmissions. It resulted in a major shift in how they dealt with the suppliers in the remanufacturing sector. We immediately jumped on that, saw that. We made an acquisition of the best engine manu remanufacturer in the country. We were the best in the world at transmissions and ended up getting the primary work for Ford Motor Company and ultimately for the other two big uh, U.S. manufacturers. We caught it early in a really a kind of an interesting little quiet conversation, but we looped that out into, well, what does that mean to us in the future? And what we did is we literally laid out, well, if it goes this way or if it goes this way, what's our response going to be? And that kept them in a uh, very much in the game ahead of the game, as a matter of fact. And incidentally, that company became the world's largest remanufacturer of automobile parts and ultimately expanded it into other areas, other parts, the electronics world, especially, and uh, got into some of the foreign manufacturers. So, and then they sold the company for big multiples. You took what could have been an extreme crisis and turned it into a strategic advantage. Yeah, and that gave them the future that was just phenomenal. You mentioned permanent whitewater earlier. Should the renewal process be something that is done quarterly, if not more often? It's a constant updating process, typically. We have either very small short meetings or we have written input between the quarterly meetings where they're discussing things. And it's, it's strange, but some of the stuff that will come from salespeople, that will come from shop floor people, that will come from managers over divisions and departments uh, and their people, uh, they'll catch some early stuff or they'll say, we need to invent our future here. You'll get some suggestions. You got to have the right culture to do this, but if you'll get some suggestions from people about, we would be much better positioned if we did this for our customers. And the, and the secret to this is we invite that input. It's a safe haven for them. They're not going to be told, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. No, all ideas are good. They don't all get implemented. But we recognize the, the input and the ideas. But some of these great ideas come from the furthest corners of the organization and, oddly enough, from the customers themselves. What this becomes, in essence, is a container for new ideas and observations that can then be processed through the organization. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. On the financial side of it, profits are like breathing. Without them, we cease to exist, okay? So there is a focus on profits in all of this. And again, the basic fundamental is the higher the value we create for our target customers, the greater the margins will be. Once you start getting into the world where everybody's catching up to you and you're now becoming a commodity, that's when you take that next level of innovation for sure. Uh, try and stay out ahead of that. And that's what this renewal process is designed to do, is stay ahead of the innovation curve. You are looked at by your clients, your customers. These guys are the innovators. I want to do business with them because they'll have the next great idea. Now, on the financial side, what we do is we have 
in essence, we like to maintain a three-year rolling horizon. We detail 12 months and we put that together. And at the end of each quarter, we drop off one quarter or three months of the detail and add on the next three months. So it's always a horizon out in front of us. One of the fallacies in that, that has kind of occurred in a lot of companies was, well, we do the annual budget and then October, November, they only got a couple of month horizon and we don't do that. At the end of each quarter, we also add one quarter's worth of high level financials uh, to the uh, end game so that we always have 12 months running and, and two years worth of financials behind that. So that we're always tying the, the strategy back to the financials very carefully. Uh, our CFOs love this. It's really important because otherwise a good idea isn't very executable if you don't have the resources to do it. And that's usually the scarcest thing in any company is resources, two resources, people and dollars. This has a little bit of a capital uh, planning aspect to it. We can look at our cash flows. We can look at our future and see where things are going. And again, it's tied back to the strategy. And the importance of that is it's no longer just a pure budget exercise. It's an exercise of tying the strategy and our human performance back to all of the financials. Who is actively participating in this renewal process? We like everybody in the organization to have an input portal and understand that they're a part of this organization. You're a part of our brand. And we need you to help us find the ideas and the things we can change that are gonna improve our value to the customer and our profit performance. So the we is pretty much the whole organization. One of the cores of this whole strategic management process is we're continually driving value to our customers up while we're driving out cost. Value up, cost down. That's kind of a continuous equation. It's also a, a rocky road with a lot of boulders in it. So that permanent white water, we've got to stick the oars in the water and get around some of the boulders and whatnot. But it's a continuous process that's going to give you the ultimate success and market. If you've got the highest value with the lowest price, guess who wins? Now, that's not always the case that the lowest price producer has the best quality product. So you always fight those things. But that's a part of the strategy and that's a part of valuing and looking at your customer. Unexpected, unpredictable crises are better handled in an environment where people have their eyes and ears open rather than being focused on what their initiative was a year ago. People come today at work every day and they have a, especially those on a manufacturing floor, or those that are processing documents or whatever they're doing, it's kind of a repetitive process and that that's their job description. And a lot of companies, that's where they stop. You come in here, you produce that stuff. What they don't understand and they're not invited to is the whole level of what is your role in pro providing for the value and the cost containment, providing value to our customers and cost containment internally. What ideas do you have? We build cultures that where it's very safe and also they understand it's very important that those things are brought to the table and that they're discussed. And even some companies, they built an internal process where it was valued for people to speak up. But you got to build that culture behind it. you got to create a safe environment because a lot of people won't speak up because they don't think that they know or they don't think it's valued. And sometimes that subtle little hand 
will make a difference. Those conversations going on inside of departments uh, where there's good leadership and the leaders aren't intimidating, they're not beating on the table about stuff, they're inviting them to participate in thinking about our business differently. But they need to be then tied to the strategy. They need to understand our value to the customer and have them understand their role in helping us fulfill that value proposition. Now, that sounds like a stretch, but oftentimes, if you have subtle shifts in how they look, a very large retailing firm that was a client of mine, their operations was the operations department. And the president of that company, which, who was a very dynamic leader, shifted the whole culture quite a bit because he wanted the, the people to give them that input, tell them what needs to be changed. And lo and behold, several great ideas that shifted that company. One in particular, the new title of operations became the senior vice president of customer delight. Now, that was an internal title, not an external. But what they meant by that and what they pushed down into the organization was all the operations side people, we're here to delight our customers. What is it that our customer requirements are? What delights them? Things like on-time full shelves, always have the products on shelf, their return policies, et cetera, et cetera. How did we deal with all? Operations dealt with all of those, but it was all driven out of a what was fast, what was cheap, and economic. And we shifted that to what was valued, and that aided greatly in customer retention, and it really significantly changed the way they viewed their operating departments. And they went on to be emulated by a lot of people because it also led to a lot of financial success. It's complex, but it's not difficult. Many companies are short-staffed today, which means that the people working there are very busy and possibly overworked. From that kind of reality, how can people grasp a bigger picture of the future? I, I see what you're saying, but once it permeates the organization and you adjust to that kind of culture, you have the ultimate weapon in the marketplace. You're going to continually improve your products. Your people are going to be focused on value. They're going to be co-focused on cost reduction over time. And it takes a while to do that. If everything was simple and overnight and we just had a magic switch and you just flipped it, well, whoopee. Now, the, the one question I do get out a lot out of that is how in the hell do these people that are so busy find time to give input to that? Well, that's why it's a little bit of a slow rollout. You're changing the involvement, the commitment, their ability to ride for the brand, but it takes the integration of the culture and the leadership and everybody else. And that doesn't happen overnight. But once you have that, you will have the continuous value creation, value improvement, the renewal process. You will have people that are committed to, to doing that. And pretty soon it kind of takes on a life of its own. Once you have that, you shouldn't have to ever go back and say, okay, it's time to run our annual strategy planning process. That's one of the biggest mistakes companies make in strategy. We have an annual process that's an outlier. It's not part of our day-to-day, -day, and it's a torture chamber. And we go through all these scenarios and go all through these planning exercises, and they hit the first pass of the, the financials. Revenues are too low, expenses are too high, and then they start beating it down and beating it down. And pretty soon, by the time they get to the December board meeting, when the board's going to approve the next the financial plan for next year, it's no longer driven by strategy. It's, oh, what the hell numbers do you want me to hit? 
Just to reiterate, strategic renewal is a discipline that should happen with frequency, that involves everybody, and it's extremely important to have a culture that supports the ideas that come along. Leadership and culture. Leadership and culture. Okay. Yeah, this is one of those processes that has to be led, not managed. It's led. This is an invitation for your organization to come in, grab a hold of our strategy, and participate with us. Some of the best ideas come from the customers themselves and people lower in the organization. You're going to be missing opportunity if you don't have a process that brings that stuff forward. If they just show up every day and check off the boxes, okay, I got my job done. I can go home and get my check at the end of the week or whatever. You probably won't last very long. If somebody has not done a strategic renewal process in the way you describe, whether it be quarterly or even semi-annually, would you recommend that they take it on themselves or is there a better way to go about initiating it with their organization? Might it be a different process for every company out there? It is not a plug and play. It is designed. It has a framework to it. And in fact, the strategic plan ends up on one page. We're not going to get rid of the permanent whitewater and that ever-ending change out in front of us. What we're going to have is an organization that probably will be the best in our industry, or at least among our competitors, at renewing and building that company going forward. We will have the best responses. We will innovate quicker. Innovation becomes almost compulsive when people are involved in that. The process works. In summary, even if things are going well or better than before, there's no reason not to do this. You know, there's the old adage, and we hear it all the time, stay awake, it's all going to change. From what you are describing to me then, the only way to stay ahead of the market and lead your sector of the market is to adopt a process like this, because this is the way you innovate as a formula. Yeah, the simple one-sentence answer to that is that what you're doing is you're creating that constant review of where are we? People come to work and if they're overworked or they're really stressed, they're not going to want to play with that. I guarantee you, you can find time for your people to participate. And the, the ultimate thing here is, is you become more innovative than your competitors. You're inventing what people want in the future. And you're, you, the beauty of all of this, by involving these people, guess what? How less strenuous execution becomes. If we do this right, guess what? The resistance to change is gone. Not totally, but it's, it's much reduced, should I say. Look forward to future podcasts featuring authorities on topics vital to the success of your business during these changing times. For more information or to contact us directly, visit us at successauthorities.com.